0: Welcome back to the Unmasking the Jesus Myth podcast with Stephen Bedard. In this episode, we're going to continue our series looking at the evidence for the historical Jesus. We've seen that the Gospels are adequate biographies of Jesus. They are enough evidence for us, not just as believers, but as historians, to be confident that Jesus lived. We also looked at... Paul's epistles and the evidence that is found in them, which are even earlier than the Gospels, that Jesus existed as a historical figure. Now we're going to move to the third of what I consider to be the most convincing sources of evidence for Jesus as a historical being, and that is Josephus. Now, who was Josephus? Well, his full name was actually Titus Flavius Josephus. And he was born in 37 AD and died around 100 AD. Now, I gave his name as Titus Flavius Josephus, but that's not his birth name. Rather, that's the name that was given to him after he came under patronage of the Romans. His birth name was Joseph ben Mattiahu and he was a younger contemporary of Paul. He was also a Jewish general during the first Jewish war against the Romans. He was captured by the Romans, and he was able to find patronage from the future Roman emperor, Vespasian. Flavius is the name that he took from that family. Josephus was a Jewish historian best known for his works The Jewish War and The Antiquities of the Jews. While very important for reconstructing the events of the first century in general, Josephus is relevant to historical Jesus studies because of his extra-biblical mention of John the Baptist, James the brother of Jesus, and Jesus himself. And so that's what we're going to take a look at. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the first two sections, but he does have an independent tradition about John the Baptist. And what I mean by that is, There is no way that we could say that Josephus is copying from the Christian Gospels to get his tradition about John the Baptist. It is completely independent. It is complementary to what we find in the Gospels, but it is absolutely independent. Josephus also speaks of James, the brother of Jesus, and this is also a very important passage. although. Josephus doesn't mention Jesus in the John the Baptist passage. He does in the story of the death of James. Now, I'm going to do a future episode on whether or not James really was the brother of Jesus. I know that Richard Carrier suggests that James was not a flesh and blood brother of Jesus, because, of course, Richard Carrier doesn't believe that Jesus was a flesh and blood person. So we're going to look at that in a future episode, but I don't want to get lost in the weeds on that right now. Right now we're going to accept for the sake of argument that Jesus and James were brothers and Josephus records the death of James and indicates that James was a brother of Jesus. None of this seems to be that controversial, and yet you will find that there are Jesus mythicists. will claim that both of these passages are forgeries. What is the evidence that they have for this? None. There is no evidence. There is no indication in the textual sources that we have that the passages about John the Baptist and James, the brother of Jesus, were forgeries or Christian additions or anything else. So why do they say this? They say this because of the controversy about the third passage in Josephus which talks specifically about Jesus. And because they claim that that passage is a complete forgery, then they make the assumption that the passages about John the Baptist and James must also be forgeries. So why is it that they claim that Josephus never mentions Jesus? The reason for this is because of some suspicious aspects of this passage and i'm going to read to you the passage as it is found in most collections of josephus's work about this time there lived jesus a wise man if indeed one ought to call him a man for he was one who wrought surprising feats and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly he won over many jews and many of the greeks He was the Messiah. When Pilate, upon hearing him accused by men of the highest standing amongst us, had condemned him to be crucified, those who had in the first place come to love him did not give up their affection for him. On the third day, he appeared to them restored to life, for the prophets of God had prophesied these and countless other marvelous things about him. And the tribe of the Christians, so called after him, has still to this day not disappeared. So what's the problem with this? Well, we know from the rest of Josephus's writings that he was not a Christian. And this passage sounds awfully Christian. He comes right out and says that Jesus was the Messiah, that he performed miracles, and that he was resurrected. That doesn't sound like something that a non-Christian Jewish writer would say. And so there's a good reason for us to be suspicious about this. Now there are a number of options in terms of interpreting this passage from Josephus. One is to accept it as it is, to just say that Josephus passed on this tradition as he knew it and wrote these things even though it sounds like it's coming from a Christian perspective. Another option is that the whole thing is a complete forgery, that some Christian added this. They wrote the whole thing by themselves and just stuck it into Josephus' writings. The third option, which I think is the most convincing, is that there originally was something that Josephus said about Jesus and that some Christian went through afterwards and made it more Christian. They saw that there was some potential in what Josephus said, but they wanted to strengthen the argument for Jesus. And so they added some Christian elements. And I think that's the most convincing option in trying to understand this. And so some people have reconstructed what this passage could have originally looked like. And here's one suggestion for how this passage could have originally read about this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, for he was one who wrought surprising feats and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. When Pilate, upon hearing him accused by men of the highest standing amongst us, had condemned him to be crucified, those who had in the first place come to love him did not give up their affection for him. And the tribe of the Christians, so called after him, has still to this day not disappeared. That actually sounds like something that Josephus would have wrote. When we read the rest of his accounts of this time in Jewish history, we find that there were other Jewish messiahs and Jewish religious leaders. And we would expect that Josephus would say something about this Jesus if he existed if he was aware of him, not to make a big deal as if he really was the Jewish Messiah, but to put him in the same category that he does the rest of these first century Jewish leaders. But isn't it possible that I have this optimistic view just because I'm an evangelical Christian and that I am biased in this way? The problem with that is that most scholars, Christian or not, accept that Josephus wrote something about Jesus, and it's not limited to evangelical Christians. Here is the opinion of Raymond Brown, the late New Testament scholar who was a Roman Catholic and extremely respected in New Testament studies. Even a few scholars today would argue that Josephus wrote the whole passage as quoted. Most would contend that Josephus wrote a basic text to which Christians made additions. In vocabulary and style, large parts of it are plausibly from the hand of Josephus, and the context in which the passage appears is appropriate. Bart Ehrman, who is a New Testament scholar who is an agnostic and often quite critical of traditional Christianity, has this to say about this passage. It is certainly worth knowing that the most prominent Jewish historian of the first century knew at least something about Jesus, specifically that he was a teacher who allegedly did wonderful deeds, had a large following, and was condemned to be crucified by Pontius Pilate. This account confirms some of the most important aspects of Jesus' life and death, as recounted in the Gospels. One of the most prominent scholars of Josephus today is Steve Mason, And this is what he has to say about this passage. It would be unwise, therefore, to lean heavily on Josephus' statements about Jesus' healing and teaching activity or the circumstances of his trial. Nevertheless, since most of those who know the evidence agree that he said something about Jesus, one is probably entitled to cite him as independent evidence that Jesus actually lived, if such evidence were needed. So what Steve Mason is saying there is we're not going to find a lot of detail about the life of Jesus. We're not going to try to reconstruct Jesus's ministry through what we find in Josephus. But we certainly have enough here to accept that Jesus was a historical figure. So what do we do with all of this? I think that it is reasonable for us to conclude that Josephus gives to us exactly what we would expect not a real testimony of the ministry of Jesus, we find in Josephus exactly what we would expect if Jesus was a historical figure. Josephus gives an account of Jesus that is just a basic description, no more than what he gives to other similar figures at that time. Josephus was not a Jewish Christian, and so we would not expect him to give a Christian testimony. Josephus gives us historical evidence to help support the claim that Jesus was a historical figure. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I would encourage you to go to my website, JesusMythTheory.com, check out my blog posts, check out earlier podcast episodes, and consider supporting me by going to patreon.com hopesreason or downloading a free audiobook from Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. That's audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. Your support is much appreciated. Thank you, and God bless.